Let me invite you once again to open to the book of Jeremiah, where we'll continue our study of that book in chapter 25. So, um, you know, that's a hard one to find. So while, uh, while you're looking for it, I, will, um, I want to say something to you because I've got a, <clears throat> I got a gift for you. Um, you know, it's June the 2nd, and uh, your kids are already bored, and you uh, are wondering when does school start again, and concerned about uh, screen time and all that business, and so we got a gift for you. Guys, um, how about a night at the park? Your park, the one that you own. One of the, the most wonderful spots in Germantown is right behind you that you own. It's a park that has got all kinds of resources back there. And so this Wednesday night, a kickball tournament, and then uh, Friday night, Friday night at the fields, we're going to feed you both nights. So here's what you do, Mom and Dad. By the way, if you don't have kids, you don't have to worry about this, but it's a church-wide event. But you bring your kids, you let them run, you've got to keep them out of the lake back there, that, that would be bad, so um, you got to avoid the lake, but let them run until they drop. And then it's time to go home, give them a bath, and you wash the little urchins, and um, the night is made. You know, my daughter in, in, in D.C. said, Dad, if, uh, we would love to have something like that where our kids would, would um, all we had to do is wash them and put them to bed. So... There you go. And it's free food. Now, if you want all of the little uh, niceties, you might bring those in your cooler with Cokes. Um, and, and come be with us Wednesday night and Friday night. And everybody, church-wide, bring your Chase Lounge and enjoy watching them run wild and in a safe environment. It's, um, it's our gift to you for summer um, uh, health and uh, meaningful things to do. Okay, so we'll see you Friday night. Now, guys, also that cricket tournament. Um, you know, one of the big words in in the the church world these days is the word diversity. Well, if you looked around Grace uh, Germantown lately, I mean, at least in the the community of which Grace Evans is a part, um, diversity at Grace Evans very likely, which is unfortunate, but it probably not look black and white. But uh, diversity will look brown and white at Grace Evan. We have a rich community of um, uh, Indians living among us, and so we're trying to let them know that this is a place where they'll be welcomed and that we can proclaim the gospel uh, to them. So this, this cricket tournament on Saturday is, is just a way to introduce ourselves. Um, come be a part of that thing. Have some Indian food and go home and take some Pepto-Bismol. Um, and then... But, you know, uh, you can be friendly. You can learn. Uh, we, we can teach you mingling uh, between now and then. But I hope you'll be a part in, in, uh, of that, that thing. If it doesn't rain, if it rains, we're going to have to reschedule again. We've already done it twice or rescheduled twice. So we hope not the third time. Now, um, are you there? Have you found um, Jeremiah 25? Well, my, my uh, resident, Vanna... Um, He's got to give me my glasses so I can see it. Here we go. You follow as I read a portion of a book that is inerrant, infallible, inspired. It's the very mind of God as black words on white page. So here it goes. The word that came to Jeremiah concerning all the people of Judah in the fourth year of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah. That was the first year of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon. 
which Jeremiah the prophet spoke to all the people of Judah and all the inhabitants of Jerusalem. For 23 years, from the 13th year of Josiah, the son of Ammon, king of, Ju uh, king of Judah, to this day, the word of the Lord has come to me, and I have spoken persistently to you. But you have not listened. You have neither listened nor inclined your ears to hear, although the Lord persistently sent to you all his servants, the prophets, saying, Turn now, every one of you, from his evil way and evil deeds, and dwell upon the land that the Lord has given to you and your fathers from of old and forever. Do not go after other gods to serve and worship them, or provoke me to anger with the work of your hands. Then I will do, then I will do you no harm. Yet you have not listened to me, declares the Lord, that you might provoke me to anger with the work of your hands to your own harm. Therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, because you have not obeyed my words, behold, I will send for all the tribes of the north, declares the Lord, and for Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, my servant, and I will bring them against this land and its inhabitants and against all these surrounding nations. I will devote them to destruction and make them a horror, a hissing, and an everlasting desolation. Moreover, I will banish from them the voice of mirth and of the voice of gladness, the voice of the bridegroom and the voice of the bride, the grinding of the millstones and the light of the lamp. The whole land shall become a ruin and a waste, and these nations shall serve the king of Babylon 70 years. Then after 70 years are completed, I will punish the king of Babylon and that nation, the land of the Chaldeans, for their iniquity, declares the Lord, making the land an everlasting waste. I will bring upon that land all... <coughs> all the words that I have uttered against it, everything written in this book, which Jeremiah prophesied against all the nations. For many nations and great kings shall make slaves even of them, and I will recompense them according to their deeds and the work of their hands. The grass withers, and the flower fades, but the word of God endures forever. And that's why it's so important that we know what it says guys jeremiah the book of um the chapter uh, jeremiah 25 is a prophecy unfortunately when i use that word prophecy the thing that comes to mind most frequently is the prediction of the future and and it is sometimes that but in our minds when we say, we hear a prophecy we think of um Prophecy conferences in the future and charts, etc. Um, but the word prophecy is far richer, far fuller, far bigger than just predictions of the future. For example, I consider myself a prophet. Well, gosh, Dr. Young, you think you're some kind of big shot or something? No, indeed. But the New Testament uh, includes a definition of a prophet. Did you know that? It's in 1 Corinthians 14, 3, and it says this. The one who prophesies speaks to people for their upbuilding and encouragements and consolation. For their upbuilding, their encouragements, and their consolation. That, that's what I hope I'm doing. And that's what, that's what I want to do, is to speak to people for those, for those reasons. But when you come to an Old Testament prophet, 
He did both of those things. On occasion, he predicted the future. Uh, on other occasions, he was speaking to the people for their upbuilding and their edification. But in the main, the Old Testament prophet was a spokesman. He was the one that stood between God and man and said, Thus saith the Lord. Luther said once that God lived in the mouth of the Old Testament prophets. So that's what the prophet was doing. Standing before man and and saying, this is what God says. And sometimes it would be predicting the future, yeah. But that's only a little part of it. The major part was he exposed and revealed the mind of God to men. So one of the things that you're going to see, and not, not, this is just one of the parts of this passage, one of the things that you'll see is a, you'll get a glimpse of a faithful prophet at work, Jeremiah. And those guys were not exactly a dime a dozen in, um, in Jeremiah's day. Um, they were the great need of the day. They're the great need of this day, that is, the faithful prophet. By no means am I suggesting that Jeremiah was the only one. Um, Elijah, Isaiah come to mind. But this, ladies and gentlemen, is a, is a prophecy. It's a prediction of the future. Jeremiah had made it uh, about 10 years earlier when Jehoiakim was king. But now, 10 years or so later, he's making it again to Zedekiah, the last of, the, of Israel's kings. Um, so Jeremiah comes into this setting and he says, I, I told you this nine or ten years ago. I'm going to tell you again. And then he um, makes his prediction. Now guys, um, in reading that passage, I'm not sure the same things caught your eyes that caught mine. But you can understand, of course, why I was so moved by verse 3. For 23 years, Jeremiah is outlining 23 years of ministerial futility. For 23 years, I have spoken to you. And you have not listened. You know, that's moving to me on, on, for several reasons, on several levels. First of all, am I a faithful prophet? Secondly, did anybody listen? Third, the message that God gave to Jeremiah to, um, to preach is, is a message that made him the enemy of his culture. It's not exactly what you would call a prize career choice. Do you, would you agree? Here's what I'm going to do with my life. I'm going to preach a message that people are going to oppose. We're going to come back to that as we close. But um, for now, what I want to do is just 
outline the other things that are in this passage so that you at least won't leave the passage with only one emphasis because there's several in the passage for example verses 8 through 11 what you get in verses 8 through 11 is um, jeremiah is outlining the consequences of ignoring god's call to repent the call to repent is in verse 5 saying turn now every one of you from his evil way and his evil deeds that's the call to repentance but having ignored that call what you get in verses 8 through 11 is the consequences of having done so they ignored the call to repent so here are the consequences of that did you read it i mean did you listen i mean it's it's pretty ugly look, look at verse 9 uh, last half of verse 9 where he says i will devote them to destruction and make them a horror hissing and an everlasting desolation here, here's one of the consequences of you're not, not listening. I am going to make Israel a hissing. What is that? I don't know, but it doesn't sound good. Um, and then in verse 10, he gives you a few specifics. No more mirth. You know what mirth is. You know, having a good time. No more mirth. No more gladness. No more brides, no more bridegrooms, no more weddings. Because I'm going to make this place a desolation as a result of your not listening. You know, it would have been easier, it would have been easy for Israel to blame Nebuchadnezzar for all their trouble. But did you notice that Nebuchadnezzar is called by God his servant, my servant? We're going to come back to that in a few weeks. But um, maybe they blamed God, but the text makes clear where the blame should lie. It's in verse 7. Look at it. Yet you have not listened to me, declares the Lord, that you might provoke me to anger with the work of your hands to your own harm. No, Israel, you might want to blame Nebuchadnezzar, and you might want to blame me, but the real blame lies with you you brought this upon yourself these are self-inflicted wounds because ladies and gentlemen i hope you know this principle but when you choose sin you also choose its consequences you make this choice and there are consequences that follow that choice c.s lewis commented on that idea one time in the great divorce he says there are only two kinds of people in the end there are those who say to god thy will be done and then there are those to whom god says in the end thy will be done all that are in hell choose it When the consequences are being outlined, ladies and gentlemen, they are consequences of a choice made by Israel to not listen. And then the text um, in verses 12 through 14, Jeremiah turns his attention to Babylon. And he says, after 70 years of judgment over Israel, uh, then God will judge Babylon. The, the conqueror is going to be conquered. And he's going to be judged for the same reasons. And what was that reason? 
Well, it's in the text, ladies and gentlemen. In fact, it's in there four times. Verse 23, excuse me, verse 3, you have not listened. Verse 4, you have not listened. Verse 7, you have not listened. Verse 8, you have not obeyed. Now, gang, three times it says listen, one time it says obey, but they're the same thing. There's a very close connection between listening and obeying. Did you know that? Folks, um, in the Greek translation of the Old Testament, which is called the Septuagint, you've heard of that. In the Septuagint, the Greek word for listening is the word akouo. Akouo. It's the Greek word that translates listen or hear. The word for obedience is the word akuo with a prefix. And the prefix is huper or hupo. And the word that is translated obedience is a word that simply means hyperhearing. Hyperlistening. Because when you listen correctly, it always ends up in obedience. But if you don't listen, it ends up in judgment. They didn't listen, they didn't listen, they didn't listen, and thus they didn't obey. They're stopped up ears. led to disobedient lives. And every parent in this room has seen this in their own homes. Have you ever seen your kids do something like, I don't want to hear what you have to say. And in the end, it was a disobedient act. Guys, there is a command in the New Testament that is much neglected I, I, I dare say that some of you have never heard or didn't know it's in there. It's in Luke chapter 8, verse 18. And the, the, the command is this. Listen. The command is, take heed how you listen. Did you know that in the act of listening, you have increased your responsibility? Take heed how you listen. These folks refused to listen, which led to disobedience, which brought on judgment. Guys, Jeremiah, for 23 years, (laughs) did you see the word persistently? It's the Hebrew word hashkim. For 23 years, Jeremiah, hashkim. He delivered a very unpleasant message 
and, and don't feel sorry for Jeremiah. I mean, he wasn't in a rut. His, his problem was that he was committed to a, to a purpose, and his purpose was faithfulness. But the point is, morning after morning, he would get up, and he would try to find out what God has said, and then he would go tell the people that. For 23 years. And for those 23 years, people refused to listen. <laughs> for 23 years, this man opposed the spirit of his age, provoking hatred, rejection. He was mocked. He lived a very lonely life. And in fact, the only, in the whole book, there's only one man that looks like he was his friend. And for somebody like me, reading something like this, I would say, wow, nothing is harder. But you see, you might expect somebody like me to say something like that. But perhaps you wouldn't expect me to broach a subject like this. Do you here at Grace Evan have a faithful prophet that speaks to you? Don't answer that quickly. I want to read you something in just a minute, but, but before I get to that, let's just say for argument's sake, just for a discussion's sake, just, just, to, just to have a dialogue, okay? Let's just say that Gracie Van does have a faithful prophet that speaks. Just for argument's sake. Then let me ask you, did you listen? Because ladies and gentlemen, the focus of this passage is not on the faithful prophet, it's on the refusal to listen to that faithful prophet. Let's just say, for argument's sake, you did have one here at Grace Evan. You know, one of those faithful guys. Did you listen? Because, you know, if you listen correctly, it always ends up in obedience. Did you listen like that? I mean, did you take care? Or did you take heed how you listen? Because to listen and not obey is to fail to listen. Which brings about judgment. Um, but let's, let's, um, let's talk about it some more. Does Gracie Van have a faithful prophet that speaks to her? Well, I want to read you something um, that may change your answer. 
Um, let me tell you what I'm reading to you. Uh, this is a, a chapter out of a book by A.W. Tozer. You may have heard of Tozer. It's one of my favorites. It's kind of a mystic and, uh, and out of the Christian Missionary, the CMA, the Christian Missionary Alliance Church. He died in 1963, uh, but he, he wrote prolifically. But uh, what I'm going to read you is a chapter called The Prayer of a Minor Prophet. The Prayer of a Minor Prophet. Let me, let me tell you what happened. Uh, the, 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 it opens up by telling you the setting. And the setting is that um, a young man is being ordained. You know what you call a young man who's ordained? He's, a, he's called an ordnan. That's a new word for you, isn't it? He's an ordnan. Well, this ordnan, and in fact, it says it must be in some kind of Presbyterian world because it talks about the, the elders coming forward to lay hands on this ordnan. And so um, once he is ordained, he closes the service with a prayer. So this newly ordained man, by the way, we're going to have an ordination here for the first time in the history of Gracie Man in August. I'll tell you more later. But um, this man who had been newly ordained um, uh, now closes the service in prayer. And that's what this is. It's the prayer of a minor prophet. Now, first of all, let me say it's it's pretty long and um, and I've carved it down some to make it not quite so long. But I think it's worth listening to, and it's worth hearing, and it's rich. Um, but let me apologize up front by saying there's a lot of these and thous and dies. Okay, it's a lot of King James English, uh, King James language in here. But this was done in the 50s. And so there was a lot of King James language that was used in the 50s. So kind of overlook that. Don't, let that. don't stumble up over the, the these and the thous, okay? Just listen to this man pray. Right after he'd been ordained, he's now entering into the clergy, officially. And he prays. He prays the prayer of a minor prophet. This is what he says. Well do I know, thou God of the prophets and the apostles, that as long as I honor thee, thou wilt honor me. Help me, therefore, to take this solemn vow to honor thee in all of my future life and labors, whether by gain or by loss, by life or by death, and then to keep that vow unbroken while I live. It is time, O God, for thee to work, For the enemy has entered into thy pastures, and the sheep are torn and scattered. And false prophets abound, who deny the danger and laugh at the perils which surround thy flock. The sheep are deceived by these hirelings, and follow them with touching loyalty, while the wolf closes in to kill and destroy. I beseech thee. Give me sharp eyes to detect the presence of the enemy. Give me understanding to see and courage to report what I see faithfully. Make my voice so like thine own that even the sick sheep will recognize it and follow thee. Lord Jesus, I come to thee for spiritual preparation. Lay thy hand upon me. 
Anoint me with the oil of the New Testament prophet. Forbid that I should become a religious scribe and thus lose my prophetic calling. Save me from the curse that lies dark across the face of the modern clergy. The curse of compromise, of imitation, of professionalism and laziness. Save me from the error of judging a church by its size, its popularity, or the amount of its yearly offering. Help me to remember that I am a prophet, not a promoter, not a religious manager, but a prophet. Let me never become a slave to crowds. Heal my soul of carnal ambitions and deliver me from the itch for publicity. Save me from the bondage to things. Let me not waste my days puttering around the house. Lay thy terror upon me, O God. And drive me to the place of prayer where I may wrestle with principalities and powers and the rulers of the darkness of this world. Deliver me from overeating and late sleeping. Teach me self-discipline that I may be a good soldier of Jesus Christ. I accept hard work and small rewards in this life. I ask for no easy place. I shall try to be blind to the little ways that could make life easier. If others seek the smoother path, I shall try to take the hard way without judging them too harshly. I will expect opposition and try to take it quietly when it comes. Or if, as sometimes it falleth out to thy servants, I should have grateful gifts pressed upon me by thy kindly people, stand by me then, and save me from the blight that often follows. Teach me to use whatever I receive in such manner that I will not injure my soul nor diminish my spiritual power. And if in thy permissive providence honor should come to me from thy church, let me not forget in that hour that I am unworthy of the least of thy mercies. And that if men knew me as intimately as I know myself, They would withhold their honors or bestow them upon others more worthy to receive them. And now, O Lord of heaven and earth, I consecrate my remaining days to thee. Let them be many or few as thou wilt. Let me stand before the great or minister to the poor and lowly. That choice is not mine. And I would not influence it if I could.
I am thy servant to do thy will. And that will is sweeter to me than position or riches or fame. And I choose it above all things on earth or in heaven. Though I am chosen of thee and honored by a high and holy calling. Let me never forget that I am but a man of dust and ashes. A man with all the natural faults and passions that plague the race of men. I pray thee therefore, my Lord and Redeemer, save me from myself. And from all the injuries I may do to myself while trying to be a blessing to others. Fill me with thy power by the Holy Spirit. And I will go in thy strength and tell of thy righteousness, even thine only. I will spread abroad the message of redeeming love while my normal powers endure. Then, dear Lord... When I am old and weary and too tired to go on, have a place ready for me above and make me to be numbered with thy saints in glory everlasting. Amen and amen. Now. In light of that, does Gracie Van have a faithful prophet? I'm not so sure. But this much I am sure of. It is the great need of God's people in this day. And when the day comes for you to replace me, make sure you look for one of those. And remember this, that the best of all the minor prophets is just that. The best of all the under-shepherds is that they are an under-shepherd. Because you see, there's only one good shepherd. And his name is Jesus Christ. He is the one who has said, I have come that you might have life and have it abundantly. And my dear friend, If you have spent the last 23 years or longer not listening, that's a big deal. To sit under the proclamation and broadcast of the gospel and never having had it change you That's a big deal.
But if you are, I want you to know that your so doing has not put you in a cul-de-sac in which you are trapped. There is a way out. But there is only one way out. And that is through and by Christ and Him crucified. So here is what you must do. You must listen. And ask that God will give you ears to hear. And then you must repent. Of all of those years of not listening. And then you must embrace the only Savior that can save us from our sin Christ Jesus. And if that is done, the proof that it has been done that we will live the rest of our lives striving to obey him. The obedience, you see, is just the evidence that I have embraced him. Amen. Amen. Our Father, um, oh, that you would give to the church faithful prophets. It is the need of the hour when there are so much, there is so much falsehood preached by the hirelings and the sheep are oftentimes deceived would you give us again give to this place someone who will stand and say God thus saith the Lord might this be a place where your word is heard and then made applicable by the Spirit of God to the point that by the power of God we go on to live obedient lives knowing that our obedience earns us nothing knowing simply that our obedience is the proof that we are in love with the King oh God if you have brought people here today who have not yet embraced this Savior and for 23 or 33 or 43 years have listened with never having repented would you awaken them in their spiritual slumber and cause them to see that their refusal to listen will bring on judgment but to listen aright means that we are a people who know and love this Savior and seek to obey him we commit ourselves to that father and we pray of course in the name of jesus amen